Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. Today I have Sati joining me from the UK to share her story of going through miscarriage and feeling that it's quite taboo and wanting to be able to share her message and help other people. So Sati, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell me about your experience thus far. Um, it's, it's been of a, it's, it's been of a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest, Melissa. I'm currently, um, in my fourth week of, um, having the miscarriage. Um, yes, I've still got quite, quite a bit of bleeding. Um, and I had an issue on Friday where I had to go to the hospital because I didn't know whether it was my period that was coming through or the fact that perhaps some tissue was still remaining in the uterus and decided to try and push its way out so um it's it's just been an interesting few days because when I thought I was coming to the end of you know not having closure but just coming to terms with what was happening um I get a little reminder with a with a lovely gush of blood and some um, interesting tissue so um I'm, I'm actually just feeling quite emotional um absolutely moment of time so it's just it's just quite good that you've got the podcast on because you'll probably get the best version of me as well (laughs) okay okay so so you're on week four of bleeding so talk to me about four weeks ago and about when you found out you were pregnant and all of that yeah cool well my husband and I um I'm I'm a primary school teacher and we get half-term holidays and we decided the week the week of my holiday that we'd go to LA have a great time time we were at the beach Santa Monica we, we we met friends and family and we told you know we shared our news because it was pretty exciting but we were on the weekend that we were flying back I had a private scan booked um, and it was an early scan because in the UK we that we only have a scan um once at 12 weeks and then um there's another one at 20 and I just I don't know Melissa I just felt that I needed to have a scan um and I, I didn't it was weird because, you know, trying for a baby was such an incredible experience. And, you know, my husband and I talking about how having a baby was the next step in our future. You know, we're, we're ready for it. And there was all this excitement. So how I felt, I just felt some anxiety. I, I, I didn't know what it was. And I remember saying to my husband, I was like, oh, I don't really want to tell a lot of people until I know the baby's okay. And I remember that playing on my mind quite, quite a bit, which is why I booked the private scan. Okay. So um, the, the, we, we flew back from L.A., we got back on this Sunday, and the Monday we had our scan booked privately. And how far um, along I, were you at this point? I should have been eight and a half weeks. So okay. there should have been, you know, detectable heartbeat and, you know, a size of, of the um, fetus. But uh, we, we arrived and it was snowing in England, uh, just, just as you can imagine. So we had such excitement. Both of us had the day off work. Um and we walked in and the lady was very kind and she just, you know, started to scan my tummy. And um, I could just tell from her body language that something was a little off. And she was, you know, um and ah in and she, she said, oh, how, um, 
how far gone are you? And I said, oh, I should be eight and a half weeks. And she said, oh, the, the baby's measuring at six, six, day, six weeks, three days. And uh, I looked at my husband and he looked at me and I said, oh, um, it, I'm, de- I'm definitely sure it should be this time. So we talked about my last day of my period. Um, and then she just sort of said, I'm going to give you some time to go to the toilet and then I'm just going to go speak to someone. So we, we kind of knew that something was off. Um, okay. And I went to the toilet and I was like, oh, my goodness, what's happening? What, what is the baby OK? You know, what, what, sh- what, what should be the point of the, you know, where should I be in terms of my pregnancy right now? I then walk back in and my husband's, you know, really quite emotional at this point. And um, she walks in and she said, look, we just want to get a second opinion because at this point th- there should really be a heartbeat with the baby. Um, and obviously at this point I'm a bit like, ugh, I'm quite emotional. My husband asked the question of, you know, is it likely that perhaps the technology isn't right for us or that, that the baby's in the wrong position? And she was very honest. She just sort of said, well, you know, 90% of women that come in here without a heartbeat, you know, without a de- detectable heartbeat and it's not viable, they don't really go on to have the baby. And, you know, I, I kind of, I almost didn't want to hear that, Melissa, but in her of being course. honest, yeah, it, it made me think, oh, my goodness, is, is there a potential there's no baby there is the baby okay so um I had um on the drive home we left and she referred us on to the local hospital um to which we had a, an appointment the next day but on that drive home we were just thinking about what had happened and I did say to my husband I said do you know what I don't feel pregnant and he said well what do you mean I said I don't have tender breasts and you know I don't have nausea and I said all the all those things that made me feel pregnant in the first few weeks I said I don't I don't have so all this collectively coming together I was making a bigger scenario and I was thinking my goodness I, I, I don't think the baby's made it um and of course I then had to share that with my work because I was supposed to be at school the next day teaching and I kind of called my deputy head teacher and I just said um yeah I'm good news um I said I'm, I'm bad news I said I'm, I'm pregnant but the baby doesn't have a heartbeat and I broke down to her on the phone and she was so sympathetic and so supportive and she said don't come into school today just go in and see how the scan goes on the Tuesday um so Tuesday comes my husband and I are just thinking you know we've, we've talked through all scenarios could it be that I conceived later because my periods are irregular and I, I was googling I don't, I don't know what you were like Melissa but google was my best friend I researched and everything yes <laughs> it was traumatizing I, yes. I was looking for women who had similar you know history to me who had regular periods and they had a heartbeat afterwards and then I was looking at all these stories and I just I guess I persuaded myself into thinking it's gonna be all right with just just that little bit of doubt at the back of my mind as well um because nobody wants to you know say that they're gonna lose a baby especially when they've got all this excitement all this hope um you know and it's a life-changing experience when I when I peed on the stick like I felt like I'd become a mum so straight away my instincts were baby's okay you know baby's gotta be okay because I'm ready (laughs) (laughs) this is what I want (laughs) exactly um so with that in mind, I just I tried to remain positive and 
my husband's quite a you know he's he's very positive and he's very realistic as well so we we kind of went in very hopeful but understandingly quite realistic realistic with what the outcome could be and I had a it was a lovely lady who, who scanned my my tummy and no, sorry she didn't scan my tummy she actually gave me an internal scan um and uh she just said um yeah you know the baby's measuring at six weeks and three days and I said oh, okay and um she took my last day of my period and she just said there is no heartbeat um therefore it's not a viable pregnancy she said but I don't want to say that the heartbeat won't be there you know um within the next few days that could happen but she did say 50% of women do have their heartbeat for, for for a baby from five weeks onwards so my, you know my husband and I are looking at each other going my goodness so is, is this baby going to be okay um and she just again she's very realistic um I don't know what it's like where, where you are Melissa but we 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 in England they were very you know they were based on statistics and she said well it could be that you do have a viable pregnancy but you may not and I guess with that in mind we just said okay so what's our next step and she then said well we want to book you in for another scan for in 10 to 12 days which felt like an eternity oh, to us because... <laughs> oh my gosh I, I, I don't know how I did it I honestly don't know but I remember speaking to my husband going 10 to 12 days I'm, what how how am I gonna what am I gonna do in those 10 to 12 days and I knew I had work to go back to and I work with children so I was I knew I'd be absorbed in that but I was like, what? I'm going to be focusing on whether my baby's okay this whole 10 to 12 days. And it's exactly what I did. You know, I went back to work on Thursday, sorry, Wednesday and Thursday. And then all I did, Melissa, was go online. I spoke to my auntie, who's a midwife, and she was reassuring me. And there was all this love. And I just, I felt, but then I was like, I feel different. I don't feel pregnant. And um, I remember Thursday waking up and I was like, I feel sick. This is great. I remember <laughs> yeah. saying to my husband, yeah. I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally pregnant. I said, I feel sick. And he was just like, oh, you know, because obviously the hormones are in me. He doesn't feel it. He just, he just, we're pregnant. And I'm, I'm experiencing all the, the, you know, the highs and lows of the, the, the pregnancy hormones. But um, on that particular day on Thursday, I did feel pregnant. So that, that kept me sailing through Thursday. And then, um, Friday comes <laughs> and um, my husband and I were, were going to go to the gym because um, one of our morning means that we, we're still, tr- even though we have, you know, I've been pregnant, I've still tried to maintain lifting weights and doing everything that I would have done before pregnancy. So uh, we'll plan to go. And I went to the loo and I just found this spotting on my pants. And I just said, hmm, um, th- this is interesting. And I didn't know what to expect because I, I didn't know much about miscarriages. You know, I was I was told by the lady at the hospital on Tuesday, you know, if you do get any spotting, it's nothing to worry about. But it's the bleed. It's the it's the heavy, constant bleed, continuous bleed that we would want to know about. So um, I continued with my morning. We went to the gym. I went to work. Um, and then I just had this numbing sensation. And every five or ten minutes, I was like, oh, I've got to nip out and go to the toilet and see whether I'm bleeding and that's quite um draining in itself because every twinge that I felt I felt that I had I then had to run to the toilet to see how much I bled because you know if it was spotting Melissa it was okay but if it was a full bleed there was something to worry about so 
I think the more I bled, the more I came to terms with the fact that this something wasn't right. Um, I had this numbing sensation in my tummy. Um, and then I, I remember speaking to someone at work and I just said, I've, I've got to go. I, I, I can't be here. I, I'm just, I'm not thinking about teaching and the children. I just, I'm thinking about my body at the minute. So leaving work was just the best thing that I could have done because I then went home to my husband who was luckily working at home that day. And I just said, I think we need to go to the hospital because the cramping just became worse. And it, it didn't feel like period pains. Um, it felt severe, like I had back pain. And I just, my, my head space, I felt lightheaded and I felt different. I didn't, okay. I didn't feel sick. I just, I felt weak. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't know how to, uh, I've never felt that way. Like I, I, it was like my blood pressure was quite low and, um, I just, I said to my husband, I need to go and get checked. So we then drove to the hospital um, and had a scan. Um, and and inter- they checked my cervix and I was told that it was closed and to go home. So um, oh, wow. they called it. Yeah, and how much were they, you bleeding at this point? Still just the um, late spotting? I was, to be honest, Melissa, I, I was changing my pads every so often. So every time, I mean, I could feel a, a bleed. I mean, I hadn't had one in three months. It was, it was a bit weird, but yeah. I, I could feel the release of yep. the, the blood. So it was probably, I was changing my pad probably twice every hour. Nothing nothing hugely to what I'm doing now, but um, it was enough to make me think something isn't right. And it was the pain as well. Right. Um, the the, do- the yeah. doctor said something quite lovely she said um it wasn't lovely actually she just said how could you um what would you number your pain in one to ten and I just I just remembered that and every day since I've just numbered my pain one to ten because it really shows me what was severe and what was you know quite minimal quite just sort of like low pain um and on the actual day it was a four out of ten and, and then she said, well, you know, we're going to have to call it a, um, you know, uh, they, they call it, it's an interrupted, oh, it's, it's a miss. She said, it's not a miscarriage, but there's a potential it could be a threatened miscarriage. That's what it was called. Right. Um, and I was like, well, what's one of them? I've never, I didn't even know much about miscarriages, let alone a threatened one. She just said, go home and put your feet up. And I just thought, okay. I won't do anything. So my husband and I, we went to um, a supermarket, got some food. Um, we, we saw a family member, which really broke our state because we were feeling quite sad and quite apprehensive in the sense that we didn't know what was to come. And then we saw a family member and he just, he just cheered us up. So it was really nice having that. And then we went home and just, I tried to not focus on it. I had a bath. I just let things be, uh, let everything be. And I continued to bleed. Um, and I just spotted throughout that night until the Saturday. Again, I tried to do things as normal as I could could have done, Melissa. My, my I was probably spotting um, quite a bit more, but my pain just increased. So it became a six out of ten. And because I was able to then say, "Oh, yesterday was four. Today was today six, I knew there was an increase. And I just I felt weak. I felt really low energy. I felt lethargic. Um, it was really grim the day on, on, on this Saturday. It was raining and my husband was doing everything they could do to make me feel good. Um, distracting me, taking me out to a restaurant to get my favourite food. But I couldn't sit upright on the chair. And that was the biggest sign to me because I was like, why, why can't oh, wow. I sit properly? Yeah. Yeah, my, I had back pain. Um, 
yeah, my, my, my legs were becoming quite numb. And from then, I just said, I need to go home. And I think I knew what was coming. And Melissa, I went online and I was like, what, what is there to expect with miscarriages? And I think my frustration is because nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about what to expect. I had no idea what was to come. Oh. And I didn't want to know, but I guess... But you I need to know. Woman, I, I want you really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you do. There is some control and you want to know. <laughs> um, and I researched it and I sat down Saturday from three o'clock onwards. I was like, what's going to happen to me? And my husband was like, oh, don't ever panic. And I was like, no, no. I was like, honey, something's going to happen here. I, I, I know it is. And um, the pain just increased from, from six. It went to an eight. And about 10 o'clock, I remember sitting on in the dining room on, on, a, on a high chair because I couldn't sit on the sofa. And I remember just holding the table thinking, uh, something's going to happen. And Melissa, I stood up. And as I stood up, I just felt this gush. And I thought, holy, holy, holy crap. Oh, something, shit. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. was going to say shit, but I held it back. Um, and I'm, I remember just my eyes widening. And I said, I, I went, I've got to go to the loo. And he went, what's wrong with you? And I went, something's just come out of me. And I remember crawling up the stairs, Melissa, and it was, it was so difficult to climb the stairs because the intensity of the pain was so strong. I felt like it was a nine out of ten. And like I said, I'm I'm genu- I'm quite good with pain. So to have this, I thought, my goodness, what is this? What kind of pain is this? And you know, I tried to think about them as being labour pains. I, I don't know what they're like. So I, this this was my first baby. I I just felt incredibly. Um, emotional and, and and the pain was not helping so my husband then helped me go to the toilet and to which I ended up sitting on for about three hours because yeah. every time I stood there was more blood blood oh my goodness it was horrendous it was there was a oh my goodness there was blood everywhere there was clotting and all these things I just I, I'm amazed about the human body, by the way, just the female body and what what we can have and challenge because I bled for about four hours and I just said to my husband, I need something to help this pain. I was taking paracetamols and and codeine and I think it might be aspirin for you guys, but I just needed anything to help stop the pain. And I remember just crying and thinking, this is it. This is is my baby. Am I a mum again? Am I still a mum? And I had all this emotion. And the greatest thing was my husband was just so supportive. And he just sat with me through the process. And I, I, I can't explain it other than the fact that it, there was so much blood and tissue. And it was, um, it was extremely distressing. Yeah. The, the thing about the pain, mm, mm. I, I hear a lot of women, and I was told the same mm. thing, you know, mm. if you've had crampy periods, it's going to be like a bad period. And yeah. and I've actually interviewed a couple of women that that was true for. But the majority yeah. of women I've talked to and a lot of what, mm. you know, I've read online also and that people have told me is it's horrible. And a lot of these women are like, <laughs> I've been through pain. I've had surgery. I've had kids. I've had whatever. Mm. And it is so <laughs> painful. And I think... Yeah, no one prepares you for that. Emotional side. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because they. It's the pain. Yes. 
And then you're just like, oh my God, this is my child. And then you have the emotional yeah. side of it, but yet you're so distracted by the physical part in the moment. Absolutely. Oh my Absolutely. gosh. Yeah. And there was so much tissue, Melissa. There were, I, right. I don't know whether, whether all women do this, but when they have a miscarriage, I wanted to see what was part of, I wanted to see what was inside of me. And I wanted to, I guess I wanted to have some sort of like, um, uh, love towards what was coming out of me so there were some things that I'd look at and I'd be like oh my goodness is this the sack is there something in there can I see something and I knew that a lot of it was just you know tissue and blood and cells but I was hoping in some weird way to see something that would resemble you know a, a, a baby and just think oh my goodness that 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 was mine and I would I didn't see this by the way but I was I was hoping that I would just so that I could have some sort of emotional like connection with it it was, it was strange um because no one else would understand that unless you are the mum of you know that baby you are miscarrying and you get to see what comes out of you because I think a natural miscarriage is so it's not instant like a DNC where you go right. and have that it's it's so real because you get to see what comes out of you. And I think I empathise and sympathise with anyone going through it because it is painful and it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's two things in one because your body has just gone, this isn't working, you know, and it's, it's, it's letting it, it's telling it something that hasn't worked and it's rejecting it. And I was amazed by that process. Um, but I was also so, so, so sad because... I, I really wanted my baby in me, so it was um, it was interesting. It was really, really quite difficult. I found such deep reverence and such deep mm. grief, both of mm. which I didn't know could exist at the same time. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. It was yeah. So I definitely hear what you're saying, and and with a natural miscarriage, like you you said it perfectly, it doesn't happen right away, and there's mm. a then there's a process, an emotional process that unfolds over that time mm. while you're waiting. And I mean, especially for you, you're still waiting. You still haven't you know, completed that process. And I think the difficult, I mean, even now, Melissa, I'm, I'm going online, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, was Friday a period? And it was flushing through some tissue. Um, you know, anything to to sort of make my, myself feel like this is coming to an end. Um, and I think that's the most, that's the difficult process because, you know, the, the sickest joke is my body thinks I'm X weeks pregnant. You know, I still have HCG in my system. My pregnancy tests are still showing up positive. Oh. And I feel, I know, and every time I take one on this, I look at it and I think, please don't be positive. It's the only time <laughs> I, I do not want to see it's so messed test. up. Oh. It's so messed up. <laughs> yeah. You're waiting for it to be negative. I know it's so yeah. messed up. And and I don't want that, but I I need it now. Just right. to, my body has reset itself, and I've I feel I'm coming closer to it, but I feel so far from it as well. And I think um, you know a lot of the, the systems here are you know you go and especially when you start a natural miscarriage. The, the, the NHS, the, our, 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 sorry, our hospital do not want to interrupt that process because they feel by intervening there'll be more problems, which I completely get as well. But when when it when is enough enough? 
you know, when is it, okay, you've had that tissue, that retained products in you far too long, we've got to take it out. And I think that's something that I'm battling with now because, you know, I said to my husband yesterday, I just said, I feel so emotionally drained because I want a baby. I want to be a mummy. And I, I, I know that this miscarriage has made me feel so grateful because I cannot wait to then have a child and nurture that child and have so much love for it because of what I've gone through. So I, I have so much gratitude, but at the same time, because I'm this presently, I'm, I, I, I'm in this constant battle of, you know, I'll get over it, but I'm not, you know, and I'm, I'm frustrated <laughs> that I'm still bleeding and I'm, I'm still feeling pregnant and, you know, I don't have any baby and I should be 14 weeks by now. And it's just, I think it's all this emotion that comes to light when you're still carrying tissue, I guess, and you're still bleeding because... Uh, another thing that came up, Melissa, was I had my blood tested a couple of weeks ago and I was I came up quite anemic, um, which was, you know, I knew I'd be quite fatigued, but I ha- I've had to have supplements for that just to, you know, yeah. just to get through the working day because I'm so tired. I'm getting to, you know, to bed, uh, you know, after a school day at 6.30, 7 o'clock and I'm not pregnant and that's the most annoying thing, you know, I would understand it if I was having a baby but it's it's there's no pregnancy and I still feel completely wiped out so that's been troubling as well and have you had another ultrasound recently that they saw there was still tissue there I had so um they I've actually because because I went to the hospital on um Friday um unfortunately it was a bank holiday weekend so it's a lot of um a lot of doctors and nurses were out um so I couldn't get a scan this weekend, but I've got one booked for Tuesday. Um, and I'm just hoping that there'll be some clarity because my last scan said that I had, um, it, they classed it as an incomplete miscarriage. And they said that there was um, about 12 millimetres of um, blood, I guess, in my uterus lining and that I should expect to bleed. But Melissa, that was three weeks ago and then I, I bled on Friday so it took three weeks initially to even come out of my system but in that time I've bled every day and I've passed some mucusy tissue some clots and it's, there's some mornings I've woke up and there's no blood and I've, I've been like hooray it's the end and then 45 minutes later I've got to bleed so oh. for me I've yeah I've just I've bled every day since my miscarriage um and it's been quite difficult because more than anything in the world, I just want to be back to normal. I just, I'm, I'm done with bleeding. I, I you know, I, I feel like I've, I've come to terms with, the, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for me was the, I've come to terms with not being a mum at this time. And I know that something could have been potentially wrong with the placenta. Um, you know, there could have been an abnormality. And I think that's helped me grieve I guess because I I thought it was something I did um and I think a lot of women feel that initially um that this is something they've done I thought going on a holiday and like a long flight would make it you know I thought I did something so I blame myself for that I thought oh, why why can't why, why was why did the baby not make it why why was it and I had all these questions um and then I just, the more I spoke to people, the more it was, 
oh my goodness, there could have been something wrong with, you know, the fetus. And I think that helped me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. It's going to help so many women. Thank you. And really appreciate your vulnerability. And we all hope that this resolves for you very quickly. Thank you. Melissa, I'd just like to say um, thank you for having this podcast because one of my things when I was looking for some sort of help was, you know, having to find your website and your podcast. So that really helped me. And I just think the more we can spread this message out, the greater it will be for women to talk about it because it is an incredible taboo. And, you know, the amount of women that open up to you when you have a miscarriage is incredible. And I'm just like, well, why are we not talking about it? Why is it right. not open? Um, and that was my frustration. And I just guess the more we talk about it, the easier it becomes for women because we think, we naturally think that well, we've done something wrong and it really isn't. It's just such a common thing that's not talked about. And I think the frustration came that why isn't it talked about? Why, how can we help? Do you know what I mean? How can we help right. others talk about this? So I just want to, I'm just eternally grateful for you to have this podcast and to help others. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so glad it was helpful. Thank you.